Hallelujah. Christ is risen. I invite all of you to come forward now to the baptismal font. We'll gather up here at the front for our thanksgiving for baptism. We can fill in all the spaces, so stand wherever you can, and some can come up here. We'll gather nice and close. Come up close, and then a few of you move over that direction. There we go. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, the rock who gave us our birth, our light, and our salvation. Amen. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. <clears throat> Holy God, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Glory to you for Lake Michigan, for oceans, for rivers and streams. Your waters are below us, around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the fountain of resurrection. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Praise to you for your saving waters. Noah and the animals survived the flood. The Israelites escaped through the sea. And Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Through this water, remind us of our baptism. Breathe your spirit into all who are gathered here and into all creation. Wash away the sin within us and drown the evil around us. Shower us with your spirit that your forgiveness, grace, and love may be renewed in our lives. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. At this time, we invite everybody to come to the baptismal font to put your hands in there, swish around a little bit, get the water and put it on your head, making the sign of the cross to remember your own baptism.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God of life, you reach out to us amid our fears with the wounded hands of your risen Son. By your Spirit's breath, revive our faith in your mercy and strengthen us to be the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. reading from Acts. When the temple police had brought the apostles, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this Jesus to be leader and savior at God's right hand, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, who has been given to those who obey God. Word of God, word of life.
A reading from Revelation. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from the one who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before God's throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the rulers of the earth. To the one who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be dominion, priests, serving his God and Father. To Jesus Christ be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the 12, was not among them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nail in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, 
I will not believe. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other things, many other signs in the presence of, the, of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just can't see it. And how blessed are those who have not seen yet come to believe. Larry Gillick is described as a scrappy yet amazingly perceptive person. He's Irish American and he's been a Jesuit priest for 50 years. He lost his sight when he was a child. Larry tells of a visit that he made to a Catholic elementary school years ago. After he gave a short presentation to a group of students, a young girl, about 10 years old, approached him and started talking with him. After a couple minutes, a look of pure astonishment came across the girl's face, flashed in her eyes. Suddenly, without warning, suddenly without any filter, she blurted out, you're blind. Father Gillick responded with gentle tenderness, sweetie, that's, that's not news to me. <laughs> and before he could say anything else to soften that awkward moment, you could tell that her face moved quickly from shock to sadness. You don't know what you look like, she said. Now that profound statement from such a young person truly caught Larry off guard. Before that he could even respond, she softly said, you don't know what you look like. You're beautiful. Most of us spend a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of looking in the mirror, obsessing what we look like, wishing that something was different about our body, trying to cover up blemishes with makeup, 
lamenting that we're not as perfect as we wish we were. And to be quite honest, sometimes it seems to me like Easter Day can be a bit too perfect. The Easter flowers perfectly arranged, the Easter music gloriously and perfectly performed, the liturgy perfectly enacted, everybody trying to look their perfect best. Well, after all, there's flowers and buds and warmer weather. Christ is alive and everything's restored. And now we live happily ever after, right? Except, except along comes the second Sunday of Easter with a doubting disciple and a risen Christ whose scars are still visible. Sometimes I wish this were the gospel for Easter Sunday, when the church is filled with questioners and skeptics and doubters, including us. Maybe this less than perfect resurrection story speaks most profoundly to the wounds we carry externally and internally. The wounds society is suffering. The massacre in a church in Sri Lanka a week ago, a Passover shooting yesterday, and the wounds that the earth is suffering and bearing as well. When Thomas isn't seeing it, when Thomas isn't getting it, when Thomas so longs for a resurrection of his sorrowful, grieving heart, it's then Jesus appears to him, but not a perfect Jesus, a risen Jesus, a risen body with wounds still visible, the scars of suffering, not only his, but of a wounded humanity. Often we might imagine or our hymns portray Jesus' risen body as glorious and radiant, yet we don't always see the beauty in the wounds. Jesus asked Thomas to touch the scars. On these weeks after Sunday, weeks after Easter Sunday, in the church, it's sometimes called weeks of mystagogy. And that big word simply means we unpack and we reflect on what happened to us in the three great days of Jesus' death and resurrection. On Good Friday, in this place, we joined Christians around the world who streamed forward to the cross. And there with our hands, we touched mystery. And we sang, holy God, holy and beautiful, Beauty unsurpassed, you are despised, rejected, scorned, you hold us fast, and we behold your beauty. When we honor and touch that wooden cross, when we accept and even embrace our own vulnerability and imperfections, when we look with compassion on the wounds and blemishes of others, both internally and externally, grace dawns on us. Grace dawns on creation, and we can almost hear, you don't know what you look like. You're beautiful. One writer suggests that Jesus' wounded body reminds us that some hurts in life are for keeps. That it's part of being human. 
She goes on to say, some markers of pain, loss, trauma, and horror leave traces that no amount of piety will take away. I, for example, she says, will never become a woman who is not molested as a little girl. My teenage son will never become an adult who didn't spend a chunk of his adolescence in chronic pain. My daughter's body will never become one that didn't battle anorexia. Some wounds remain even after the resurrection. Today at our 11 a.m. liturgy, we baptize two children into this embodied faith. You are a child of God. You are beautiful just the way you are. That is the grace-filled message of baptism. So often our society's obsession with the way we outwardly package ourselves chokes our souls. Yet we gather around a risen Christ that still bears the wounds of suffering. One theologian who lived with a congenital bone defect all her life called the risen wounded Christ our disabled God. Our disabled God. How amazing then to have a God present in our wounds, our imperfections, and our less than perfect bodies. As I announced right before the foot washing ritual in this place on Monday, Thursday, in this safe space, we remind one another that Christ is present in all bodies, whether broken, healthy, aging, frail, abused, ill, or differently abled. This week I read of a high school student who ran a social experiment several years ago. Here's what she does. She goes up to students and faculty at her school and says, I'm taking pictures of things I find beautiful, and I find you beautiful. Now the people and the bodies and the reactions are so diverse. Some are just embarrassed and some are flattered and some seem like they're about ready to break into tears. But then she asks them a second question. She asks them one thing that they think is beautiful or unique about themselves. And nearly all of them are uncomfortable and can't even give one answer. And how sad she is and I am that we can name all the things wrong with us but we have a hard time naming the beautiful things. The video ends, when you see something beautiful in someone, tell them. It may take a second to say, but for them, it may last a lifetime. Dear people of God, on this Sunday within the season of Easter, Christ speaks words of peace and words of beauty to us. Even amid our insecurities, our doubts, our pride, our indifference. So as you leave this place, may Easter open your eyes to see the earth after yesterday truly coming alive again. To see the amazing gifts in every day. To see the risen Christ here among us in bread and wine. 
To see the image of God in our siblings, especially those who don't look like us. And finally, to see what you may often miss, that you are beautiful.
Gathered around Christ, crucified and risen, let us pray for the whole people of God, the earth, and all who cry out for healing. Strengthen the witness of your church and make us visible signs of your grace and goodness. Bless Emerson and Aaron preparing for baptism. Risen Lord, breathe life and peace into your creation. Bless environmentalists, engineers, and legislators who work to ensure clean air for us and for future generations. Risen Lord, where there is fear and hatred, bring peace and understanding. We pray especially for our Jewish and Muslim siblings, the people of Sri Lanka, and all communities affected by racial, religious, or ethnic conflict. Risen Lord, by the resurrection of the wounded Christ, draw near to those wounded by brokenness of any kind. We pray especially for those affected by the synagogue shooting near San Diego, Mark, and those we name aloud or in our hearts. Risen Lord, strengthen this congregation as we support the Toward 100 capital campaign. Shape our buildings into places of greater welcome and hospitality and help us to create safe and inviting spaces for cultivating mental health and wellness. Risen Lord, we give thanks for Blessed Mary and all the saints who enjoy eternal life in your presence. Gather us with them at your grace and promised peace. Risen Lord, hear us according to your steadfast love, O Lord. And in your great compassion, bring us to resurrection and rebirth in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. In this church, we don't believe that the second Sunday of Easter is low Sunday in terms of the energy, but we continue to bask in the joy of the resurrection, and we'll have many guests with us for uh, the two baptisms at 11 a.m. So a welcome to you, whether you have been coming for years or this is your first time. Whatever wounds you may be carrying or doubts, this is a place that we embrace all that it means to be fully human. So also a welcome, whatever the color of your skin or your gender identity, who you love, marry, how you vote, the ways we move into tribalism in our everyday lives. Here we are one in the grace and mercy of God. If you are new, there are yellow slips in the pew rack, and we invite you to fill those out and place them in the offering basket, which will be here on our way to a communion. 
many exciting things going on. Please turn with me to page 14. As you know, the Chicago Cubs are playing again at Wrigley Field, and we are experimenting with a new plan where we move our worship times based on the neighborhood and how the sun is. The sun is beginning to come up about after 5 a.m. So starting next Sunday, one service at 9.30. Next Sunday through September, one service at 9.30. And then because of that, we can do a special forum after worship right here with three great topics. Look at the bottom of page 14. Next week, one of our members who just recently got a PhD from Garrett will be talking about religious trauma and the LGBTQIA community, uh, which has experienced a lot of religious trauma. And she, entered, she actually, Brooke interviewed some of the people in our congregation as part of her thesis. You will not want to miss this special presentation right here from about 1045 to 1130. And then on, you'll see the topics on May 12th and May 19th. And finally, these are exciting days because our 100-year-old building is getting a facelift in the next couple years, and we are receiving pledges right now. So if you haven't had a chance to do that, here's the information. You can do that online when you're at home, and we thank you for your generosity, and we look forward to beginning projects very soon this summer. We now continue with the great feast of Easter as we gather at the Lord's table. Please stand for the offertory response.
are you, O God of the universe. You bring springtime to the earth. You drown sin and evil in the flood. You liberate those in bondage. You put flesh on dry bones. You stand in the fire with all who suffer. You lead us to the promised land. You are the God of resurrection. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. You raised Jesus from the dead. The risen one breathes peace on us, walks with us along the roadway, reveals himself in broken bodies, bruised hearts, and wounded earth. Our hearts burn as he opens our eyes, forgives our sin, and reveals himself in broken bread. You are the God of resurrection. You are the God. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. This cup is amid great rejoicing. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on this feast. By this bread and cup, make of us the body of Christ for the world. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Renew the face of the earth. Awaken our wintry spirits. Set our hearts on fire with your love. Bring hope to those in despair and justice to those who are oppressed. Send us as witnesses to the resurrection. Come, Come, Holy Spirit. With your holy ones of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun, moon, and stars. We praise you, O God, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever.
Let us pray. O God, we have seen with our eyes and touched with our hands the bread of life. Strengthen our faith that we may grow in love for you and one another. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. God, who through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ has given us the victory, give you joy and peace in your faith. And may God bless you now and forever in the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen.